Welcome back to the peripheral. And real quick, all my New York fans, Friday, March 24th, you might want to keep the date open. So back in December 2015, I had interviewed Samantha on the Generation Y. It was one of the first times I had just talked to somebody about a personal story, and Samantha talked about falling in love with a man who also happened to be a drug dealer and tough decision of staying with him or leaving him because of his lifestyle. So she ended up leaving him and taking her kids with her, but he would be murdered a few years later by a motorcycle gang. It was such a crazy story, and she talked about how embarrassed and shameful she always felt telling her story. That's kind of what inspired me to start doing more interviews. So this is the inception of the peripheral, really. So I asked listeners to send in their stories, and I did a couple more interviews that I put out on the genypod.com shop for free download because we weren't too sure if the main feed would be the best place for them. A lot of people haven't heard them. I told Aaron, hey, I'll release these on, on my peripheral podcast. So this is the first interview I did. It's a guy named Meyer who lives in Canada who he meets a girl and they connect online. He finds out about different social media sites that slander people, that attack people. Uh, one of them is called The Dirty. And I really don't recommend that you go to this site, but The Dirty used to be a site where you could post photos, rumors, and just bash other people. Today's version of the site seems to be more of a TMZ or gossip site for the stars. But back in the day, it was anonymous personal attacks against others. Just like any other sites online, they all have their own ulterior motives. Me being a tech guy, I've always been fascinated with technology, online sites such as The Dirty, Ashley Madison, or Early Days of Craigslist, or um, Silk Road, hence the, the Brock episode. Anywhere where there's a underground market or culture or something happening, it is fascinating to me. Doesn't mean I'm into it, doesn't mean I like it, I just am drawn to those things. So when Meyerson in this story about this woman who was being posted over and over again to a site called The Dirty, and then she finally starts suspecting that he might be the one that's doing it, and what happens next is pretty unbelievable. So this was my first attempt at the peripheral pretty much, and if you have heard this story, sorry about the repeat, the rerun. If you haven't heard the story, strap in and get ready because it was pretty mind-blowing to me. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so obviously you've listened to the podcast. <laughs> I have. I got to give it to you guys. I, I really, really do enjoy it. Well, thank you. So let's just start out. Introduce yourself, who you are, and we'll just take it from there. Okay, so my name is Mayar. I am 30 years old. I live in Toronto, lived here since I was about three. Currently, I'm a student as far as the story goes. So I used to go to the University of Toronto, and I met someone there. We kind of clicked. At the time, it was it's actually funny. We uh, The way that we became friends, we would make uh, the movie Mean Girls. We kind of make jokes and little references about that movie. Uh, she ended up going to another province in Canada, and we kept in contact. Mostly, it's mostly by text. It went on for years, at least like five, six years. Mm -hmm. It was in a friendship. It was just texting when we were bored, just making silly comments. We never really got into deep discussions or anything like that. And then back in. I'm really sorry, I'm bad with dates, but I'm pretty sure it was in 2000 and it would have been 2003 or 2004. She was out at a club and we were texting back and forth, just making silly jokes back and forth. And she was, she was with a group of friends who 
the other person in question, uh, she didn't know her directly, but she was there. And I'm not sure if she showed her the text or she saw it on her phone or how it actually transpired, but she saw the comments. And that same night, we had uh, like a group chat on iMessage. And again, it was just back and forth banter. It wasn't, it wasn't anything serious. Teenage kind of whatever. Yeah, exactly. We were just being stupid. Just stupid, silly comments. What it, What should we call this person? <laughs> um, we'll call We'll call the person that I met at U of T. We'll call her T, if that's okay. Yeah. And we'll call the the other person S. Okay. So this girl you've been texting with for five years, she's T. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So T, S, and and I were just uh, we ended up having a group chat. It was less than a week after um, after this all happened. There's a site called thedirty.com. I don't know if you visited it or not. I'm, um, I was actually very familiar with thedirty.com before you mentioned it. Oh, were you? Okay. <laughs> so I'd heard about the site, and I checked it out a few times. Wasn't a fan of it. Didn't like the guy who ran it. S had been posted on there. Well, let's sure. explain what the dirty.com is to the listeners because a lot of people don't know that what the site encompasses. Sure. So it's basically a site where absolutely anyone could go on there. They could post a picture of someone or I guess even like a company really just post, post anything that they really want, say whatever they want about it. Kind of and... like bad, bad rumors, bad reputation. Uh, it, it, this person's a, a slime ball because he did this and this, or this woman's a terrible woman because she doesn't feed her kids, whatever the... Yeah, exactly. Just anything that they want. And it's completely anonymous as well. Slander site. Exactly. It's. I'm pretty sure you've heard of Hunter Moore. It's kind of like a tamer version of what he was doing before he got into his legal troubles. But mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, S had been posted on there. The gist of the um, of the post was that she was she slept around with married men. She was an escort, sugar baby. That's pretty much the gist of it. Just yeah. she would do anything for money, handbags, whatever. And all of the comments were actually way way. It it seemed like the people that were commenting actually knew her, kind of substantiated the claims in the post. She obviously she was upset about it because it had her full name, where she worked, basically all out there for the public to see. It's it's so, very humiliating and, and insulting to be put out there. Exactly. And at the time I I didn't even know this person. So I told you when we spoke through email, I'm not gonna even if it was all true, I'm not I'm not gonna judge her. No, she's why really would you? she's she's not hurting anyone but herself really mm-hmm. by doing the things that she's doing. She was actually extremely extremely upset. So in the group chat, T and I were just we're trying to calm her down. We're like, it's it's gonna blow over. Don't worry about it. She was worried about people googling her name and this popping up, and we're just trying to be helpful and. And I genuinely felt bad. I even in the group chat, she actually kind of like, I think she kind of broke down, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, it's funny." She actually said that the things that in the that were in the post weren't true, but the things that were in the comments were true, and things that were in the comments were a lot worse than the things that were actually in the post. Because this happened a few years ago, so it was anywhere with between a few days to. No, no more than two weeks. I get a random iMessage from her, and it wasn't in the group chat. Mm-hmm. And ironically, first message she ever sent me was, "Are you still alive?" That's the first thing that she sent to me, and I think that was like hmm. at, because I hadn't responded to the past few group texts. So we started talking privately. Well, are you still alive is, I mean, I might <laughs> say that to one of my friends if I hadn't heard from them for a while, just sort of jokingly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I took it. And we started talking. We we actually didn't even talk about the post or anything along those lines. We It was just, 
she was telling me she's she's going to Vegas and just small talk really. That's the best that best way that I could put it. And slowly we I wouldn't call it a friendship, but I, I think that the circle of friends she hung hung around with, they're the type of people you go out with and you have drinks with and you don't you don't have a bond where you could actually have kind of communication. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't you can't express yourself. You can't open up around these people. Especially in Toronto and the province that she lives in. It's almost notorious for a lot of backstabbing, a lot of gossiping. People kind of judge you on the type of places you go, the clothes you wear, the it's it's very materialistic type of place to live in and that's how you're judged it's like miami or los angeles okay i got it <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah exactly i think that she saw me as someone that wasn't going to judge her and that she could actually speak to the post happened in october before january she told me a lot more about her past and her upbringing and the conversations we we're having they were both deep conversations and honest conversations, mostly on her end. I think she just wanted to just let it all out and just talk to someone and just be open to someone about her life. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's easier to open up kind of to a stranger or online. I mean, that's all you have is communication there, so. Right. But it was funny. There's just, there's just this uh, dichotomy where it was that, but it was also the way that I put it, and I, I apologize if... Um, I don't want to sound rude, but you know how guys break each other's balls and you make fun of each other and you joke around? Yeah. We also had that going as well. During this time, she got posted. I, I honestly don't like it. It was at least six or seven times. On the she, dirty. On the dirty, exactly. She, yes, she would just be on the front page, just left and right. And again, it was exact same thing as in the first post like it, they made the pretty much the exact same claims again the funny thing about it the comments were a lot worse than the post and she would tell me how the post was everything in the post were fake but there were things in the comments that were that were true and the things that were in the comments were just awful things like just just ter- terrible things and if the things in the comments are true then it's obviously people she knows or interacts with yeah it was definitely that way it got to the point where i remember i was having a phone conversation with her and she's like i'm gonna start telling um different groups of friends different things like i'm, I'm gonna start telling them lies and i'm gonna see if any of the lies that I tell them show up on the dirty so I could figure out who this is. I think it was like six, seven in the morning. She just completely broke down and she sent me these like long, long messages. I- I'm going to say this because I'm not going to actually say her name, but um, she's like, you know what? I was with this guy. He spent hundreds of thousands on me on just clothes alone. I never did anything with them. He just wanted to be seen with me. I'm not a bad person. Sounds like a sugar baby. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if she's doing that. I mean, who cares? Exactly. And it's seriously sad because I don't know if this is the right word, but because of the culture, if you don't kind of hold up to a status quo and you don't have certain things, especially in the province where she lives in, which is, but there's a lot of wealthy people there. Again, not trying to be rude. If you're not high class, you're like a you're like a peasant. Sorry, I kind of flashed track of what I was saying. No, but uh, you, you were saying that she got po- she sent you a, a long message, pretty much revealing a lot of these details and how she was. This guy spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on her. Right. I try. I tried to comfort her. There was one post that actually had a picture of her and her father and mother, and then her and her sugar daddy. Were, were you going out and seeing these posts on your own, or was she telling you about them? I actually didn't visit um, the journey at all. Like I, I, In my entire life, up until that point, I probably went on there three times, just completely out of boredom. When she started getting posted repeatedly, I would check it out 
a few times a week. There, again, there's a message that I still have where she's she's like, yay, I got posted on the journey again. And obviously I went and I checked out the post. Yeah. When she was opening up to me, she actually told me about, again, maybe it was all fake and she did it to get sympathy for me, but she opened up about her past. And if even some of it is true... And if even a fraction of what she said was true, then she had a really, really bad upbringing. And that post that had a picture of her family and her... uh, Sugar daddy. Sugar daddy. In my opinion, that's crossing the line. So I actually sent an email to... To the guy that runs the dirty, Nick Ritchie. The, The webmaster, yeah. Yeah. I... Listen, I know this girl... As far as just this individual post goes, I really think it's really going to get to her. And I think that there's legally, I know you don't have to do anything, but I think there's there's a limit to what should be posted and what shouldn't be posted. It's, it's when, bringing in her family now. I mean, it's a picture of her and her mom and her dad. Like, did you, you have to be a sick and twisted person to want to compare these two things. And... Yeah, he actually did send me a reply, and I genuinely just wanted to help her out because mm-hmm. I, at that point, I felt bad. From January up until I want to say April or May, our text messages started becoming more more sparse. We we weren't. We had one conversation that was like a back and forth, few sentences each, and. During this time, she was still getting posted on the dirty, and I'm like, "Listen, I saw it. I hope you're doing well." And she, she, she just said, "I don't even want to talk about it anymore." And I didn't bring it up to her. I realized that she was being a little more like there was a distance between her and I. And I'm like, "That's cool. Like maybe she has things. I don't know what she's going through. Maybe she has things that are that are going on with her life." So one thing about me is that I am extremely sarcastic and facetious and I make jokes about myself all the time to the point where people are like even you're crossing a line (laughs) a line as far as making fun of yourself there was a post on there that um she had allegedly slept with a fairly well-known actor and we hadn't talked for it probably at least two weeks and I was watching a movie on my computer with this actor so like like an like an idiot, I take a picture I take a picture of uh of the actor in the movie and I know that I said it in the email. I just don't want to be rude because I know that you, don't you, worry about you it. guys I, can I say it? Yeah, say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, Hey, um I was watching this movie and I thought about you and she's like, What movie is that? Oh, it's this new movie with and I said the actor's name. And I'm like, it's a, it's a story about a hostess who falls in love with this guy. The entire movie is her trying to convince this guy that she's not a hoe, but a hostess. Again, a line from a, yeah. a song from a Maino a song. And she, she did not reply to me. Jokes and sarcasm and things are totally taken out of context via text, emails, and all that. So, Oh, yeah. Especially with the way that I am and my sarcasm. Looking back at it, it it wasn't the right thing for me to do. Like it, it it really wasn't. You were kind of poking fun at a sore topic already, and yeah. When I say this, I'm honestly not proud of it, and like I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm ashamed of it. Like it was it was the worst thing that I could probably do at that time. She didn't reply back. It's probably within a week. I sent another message. Um, I don't remember. I could go back and I could check the messages, but I don't. Again, I I was poking fun at her again. That text she was posted. She was posted on the dirty again. Like it, it got to the point where I, where I swear to God, people in the comments are like, Nick, you got to stop. Like she's taking up the front page. Like we've had enough of her. Just stop. Just stop it. For 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 a bunch of trolls to say that 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 <laughs> says a lot. So yeah, I sent that message, and later that night it was like. It was past midnight. She's like, I don't know why you play these games with me. I wasn't being um, serious or supportive, but I wasn't being rude at all. I really don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, well, I'm coming 
to Toronto for a wedding. We should get together for coffee and talk about this. And I'm like, okay. I didn't hear back from her. It was the last week of August, and it was on a Thursday. It was, uh, w- would this be the first time you're ever meeting her in person? or Yeah, you- yeah it would have been the first time. Okay. And I'm like, all right, sure. She's like, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when, and you pick the place. So I went, got ready. I remember I went to an ATM. I, I got some cash. And the way that she had phrased it, it's like, let's meet in like a few hours. So I was just hanging out outside, and she just wouldn't respond. So I sent her a text, and she, she didn't respond to that. And I gave up. I came back home, and like an hour later, she's like, hey, I'm caught up with a bunch of wedding stuff. I can't make it. Uh, let's do it. At, she gave me a specific time. It's like, it was like 6, 7 p.m. I know that she was in Toronto, but I don't know if the whole, the whole wedding thing was true or not. I'm at home, and I'm waiting, and I sent her a text. I'm like, hey, are we still meeting up tonight? No reply. And then eventually, you know what? Like, I'm not. This is a joke. I'm not going to play play along with this anymore. And she sent me another text, and she said, you don't know what I'm going through. Um, you don't know what it feels like when your best friend's getting married. Just things along those lines. I basically made it made it clear that I that I didn't want to see her. But she, you know what? I'm I gotta go drop something off. And this is where, I like I feel like a complete idiot for saying this. She's like, we're in Woodbridge right now, and I'm gonna be there. Like I'm gonna have my friend drop me off in Woodbridge to where I live. It's about I would say like a at least a half hour drive. And I'm like, okay, and. I gave the name of the place where we should have met, and it was like a like a high end, not a club, but like like a lounge. And she's like, "No, I want to meet at Queens Park." And Queens Park, for people that don't don't live in Toronto, Queens Park is it's a really big park. It's by the University of Toronto. It's a pretty safe place, but at night it's completely dark. No and lights. No lights. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not the safest place to be at night. Even though it's in a fairly good area. But your spidey sense isn't even tingling about meeting her at this park. Not even. Because yeah. as naive as I am, I've never been in a situation where I feared for my life. Or been and in that, danger or anything. I just found it odd. She's like, why do you want to go to this place? And I'm like, it's a nice place. And she's like, no, I prefer to meet at, meet at a park. Again, I, I, I was an idiot. Like, if, if anyone wants to troll me, you're more than welcome to make fun of me for, for not putting two and two together and being smart about this. Well, nobody's been in probably your situation, so putting, <laughs> putting two and two together isn't so easy. I went out. This is definitely after 10 p.m. And right across it, it there's this bar. I'm like, I'm going to wait outside this bar just in case she wants to like grab a drink or something and it's right like it's a two minute walk from the park she sends me a text she's like hey i got into a fight with my friend and she dropped me off at this other park now this other park it's very close to where we live and she's like this is the park that they dropped me off at i'm not from toronto i don't know how to get there and i gave her directions from where that park is to where i was are very straightforward she's like i asked a guy for directions i'm gonna meet you at this intersection and the intersection that she wanted to meet at again very close to our house so i'm like okay so i started walking from where i was to where that intersection is it's like five like a five minute walk at like max a few blocks yeah exactly so i started walking there and while i'm walking she's She's texting, but her texts are becoming, like, it's taking a long time for someone who, like, Insta replies to to, to reply to me. And the last message she sent me, she's like, what are you wearing? So I described what I was wearing. And I got to the intersection, and I was just waiting there. And I didn't get a reply. And while I was at the, at the intersection, I noticed, I want to say, like, between four and, like, six or seven other guys really shady looking guys and one guy was on the phone and he 
he was part of the group, but he was kind of like walking around and he kept eyeing me. My spidey senses finally kicked in. Like I, I started feeling like I probably shouldn't be around here. So I'm like, the hell with this. I'm, I'm going to walk home. And while I was walking home, I'm still texting her. And in my head, this is a girl. She's by herself, apparently. Area that she doesn't know in. Something terrible has happened to her. Like something. You're concerned. <laughs> exactly. Where the guy, the shady guys were to where I live, they could easily see me walking into the apartment. I, I hadn't talked to anyone that I knew about any of this at all. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, absolutely no one knew. And I walk in and I called someone. Okay, I was supposed to meet someone. This is what happened. And they're not replying. And I'm kind of worried. And the person I talked to, she's like, you know what? Don't worry about it. She's probably blowing you off. Maybe something came up. And she's like, I doubt anything's gone on. Just chill out. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I go to bed, wake up the next day. A few hours later, I get... Maybe I'm reading into this too much, but I get a message on WhatsApp. And I had just installed WhatsApp maybe like a week before just to just to talk to one person. She sends me a text on WhatsApp and she's like, I can't believe that you did this to me. What like what are you talking about? What happened last night? I was worried. And she's like, You posted me on the dirty. I, I was taken back by it. And I still asked, I'm like, what happened to you last night? And she's like, well, I, I, I was followed by two, two black guys were following me and I got scared. Things still aren't clicking in, in my head. I go on the dirty, I don't know, like the third post on dirty was her again. Everything that was in that post were things that were already said about her and things that she hadn't even told me. Like, like unless I knew her friends, like there were things that, that there was absolutely no way that I would have known about. This isn't me. Like I, I, I was on the same way that I'm stumbled. Like I can't find the words to describe how I was feeling. Like I, I really didn't know what to, what to say. And she's like, I want to meet. I want to look in your face when you tell me why you posted me or something, something along those lines. I, I want to look you in the eye and have you tell me that you did not do this is what she pretty much was saying, right? Yeah. So again, like an idiot, I agreed. And by this time, it was, I think it was like 4 or 5 p.m. on a Friday. I'm like, okay, let's, let's meet at the Starbucks by where I live. I go to the Starbucks. But I go into the Starbucks and... It wasn't too packed, so like, if she was there, I would have been able to to notice her. Mm-hmm. So I go, I get a drink. Being a smoker, I go outside, I light up a cigarette, and she said that she's at a Tim Hortons right across the street. So I go across the street. What what is to- a Tim Hortons? Oh, it's Tim Hortons. It's like a chain of like coffee shops in in Canada. So so it's just like a Starbucks, but its own chain. Okay. The funny thing about this, the seats are positioned in a way where you could see directly onto the street, and the Starbucks is directly across the street from it. So I kind of go in and I I look around and I can't I can't spot her. So I come back outside, like where are you? Like I can't see you. And she's like, I'm at Starbucks. Let's meet here. I feel safer here. And she sends me a picture. Of you know when you order your drink at Starbucks, you got you got to wait until they make it for you. Mm-hmm. She sends a picture of a cop waiting for his drink. I lit up another cigarette while I was going across the street to the Starbucks, and I'm standing outside waiting to finish my cigarette before I go back in. And she's she asked me what I was wearing again, and she she's like, "Where are you? What are you wearing?" I'm just outside, this is what I'm wearing, like I got this hat on. And she said, it was either LOL or LOL great. And maybe 30 seconds later, all I hear is that a male voice say, keep talking shit, we know you live, and he said the name of the street that I live in. At the time, I only felt a punch. And when he punched me, I'm not even going to lie, I just, like, I did like a ballerina flip. And I just fell down to the ground. 
where this happened, it's at a major intersection, and it's during rush hour, and there's people all over. In front of a Starbucks. <laughs> in front of a Starbucks. Where did he hit you? In the head, or? Yeah, he just punched me, like, right in my jaw. I seriously did, like, a 180, and I just collapsed on the floor. It's kind of a sucker punch, though, so you weren't ready for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it wasn't really, I, I got to give him credit. It was, it was a solid punch. I got up and I remember the first thing I noticed was that my phone was completely cracked. And at the time, I just thought it was a punch. You could probably tell from my voice, I'm not a big guy. I am not tough at all. But I managed to walk home. And when I got home, I'm kind of in shock. I'm not thinking straight. My head's foggy. I, I live at home, so I told my mom, like, I got jumped, and she's freaking out, and I go to call um, 911, and while I was on the phone with 911, he's like, what happened, what's the description of the guy, and my mom starts freaking out, she's like, you're bleeding, and I check my right side, again, I honestly don't know how I didn't know, like, feel it. Or how I even managed to walk home. But my right side, my clothes were stuck to me. Like, I was soaked. In, my jeans were completely soaked in blood. Like, it, it was it was really bad. I remember I, I, I annoyed the guy who was talking like, the dispatcher on 911. He's like, sit down. I mean, I wasn't thinking right. I'm like, I don't want to sit down because our couch is white. And I don't want to get it bloody. <laughs> and like, I was completely out of it. Well, the things that you find important <laughs> when you're bleeding to death. <laughs> and I remember the funniest part about, about it is that I was actually chain smoking while I was talking to the guy. That's helping. <laughs> And so EMS arrives, there's two officers that come in with them. And EMS, they're treating the wound and they're like, did you take any drugs or alcohol? And while they're doing this, I'm still chain smoking. And they're looking at me like this guy, like they couldn't even believe it. Um, while EMS is treating me, the cops are asking me like the description of the guy, what happened. And I'm like, listen, I don't know who the guy was, but this is the person who I am almost positive set me up for it. And they're like, okay, what's her name? Give us her number. And I don't think anyone know, like remembers people's numbers anymore. So I asked my mom to get my iPad, which had, which has all of my contacts saying. Yeah. And at the time the cops were like, it's hard to explain, but their tone was like, we're going to go after her. They seemed Motivated. Convinced. Convinced yeah, exactly. Okay. My mom brings me uh, the iPad. I bring up her contact information. And I'm really OCD about my contacts. And I have to have, like, as, like, as much information about them as I can. And one thing that I like to have is a picture for all my contacts. Mm -hmm. And she is, she's attractive. And the cop looks at it. And he asked me, like, he repeatedly asked me, is this her picture? I'm like, yes, it is. Almost in disbelief, I take it? Yeah, exactly. And he writes down his, her number. He got three digits completely wrong in the phone number. Yeah. And he's like, how do you know her? In the state of mind that I was in, I'm like, oh, we met online. And the other officer is like, hey, like, Listen, don't don't trust people that you meet online. They, you never know who it is. It could be a guy. It could be whatever. Dude, like, we, we FaceTime. Like, this is, her. this is her. By that time, EMS is like, all right, we got to go. So they put me on the stretcher, take me to the hospital, and then they they kind of roll you out into emergency, and they're like, your, uh, your kidney is lacerated. And... I could be totally taking this the wrong way. Maybe he was really trying to comfort me. The cop, the cop is like, "Don't worry about it. The body's resilient. It it just it heals. It does incredible things. People have survived with like one kidney." And I'm like, "Are you guys even gonna call her?" And the cop, I remember this distinctively, even in the state of mind that I was in. He's like, "Even if we do call her." and we bring her in and we question her, unless she confesses to it, there's nothing that we could do. While I was in the hospital, I'm like, why don't you guys check the security cameras? Like, there's cameras at the Starbucks. You guys could question the people at the Starbucks. 
you guys could there's so much you could do and the officer in charge he's like even if we do get it on camera it, it's not going to show his face like it's going to be blurry the intersection was packed like put out maybe someone saw it and just saw the punch and just thought we were just two guys arguing and they didn't realize how severe the situation was maybe they'll reach out to you <laughs> and they asked to look at my phone and again my phone's completely messed up and they're like what's the um the pin code for your phone so i give it to them and because of Touch ID, I made it like nine digits long just because I don't have to keep re-entering it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why do you have such a long pin code? First off, it spells something out, and this is why I do it. I, I'm just overly cautious about my privacy, whatever. So I give it to them, and they came back within five, ten minutes. Uh, the detective handling your case is busy right now, and since you gave us your pin code, we know you're not trying to hide anything. If we need your phone again, we'll we'll let you know. Uh, when I got when I got out of the hospital, this happened on a Friday. I got out on it was a Wednesday that I got out that I got out of the hospital. I, I had to do a sonogram, and the doctor showed it to me. It, it would have been less than an inch if he had stabbed me just a little bit more to the left. It would have actually hit my bladder. And if it have hit my bladder, it would... Toxic. Yeah. Even if I had survived it, I would have been screwed for the rest of my life. It would dump all the waste into your body cavity. You'd probably die within hours if you didn't get medical attention. Yeah. As bad as it was, I'm also extremely grateful and extremely, extremely lucky. It could have been really bad. I always find it interesting when... Somebody says, oh, I was in a car wreck, you know, two two semis crushed my car and I was so lucky I came out of it with only a, two broken legs. Or somebody says, oh, I was beaten up by these guys and one of them shot me and the, the bullet was one inch lower. I'm so lucky. And I just think, you got stabbed. You aren't lucky. <laughs> That's just my point of view on it. But No, it's true. Unbelievable things will happen to me. But at the same time, I, in so many different aspects of my life, I've been so incredibly lucky. So you're back at school now. So I'm back in school and I missed the first three, close to three weeks of of school, but I was so excited to be back in school. I'm 30 and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, but I have never taken a drug in my life. Absolutely. Like I've never had any interest in it. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. (laughs) for a guy who won't even take an advil if he has a headache i had to take like four or five tylenols every day extra strength tylenols just to be able to get to class sit down yeah exactly i had to go get blood tests it was two or three times a week just to check my uh hemoglobin levels during my breaks in class like i had to run to the clinic and run back i was honestly just just happy and i don't know what sparked it but there was a frustration that came over me and i'm like i gotta get answers to this and i did not hear back from the cops at all ever the cop the detective handling my case would not return my call i I left two voicemails from would not return it and i got fed up one day the way that there's an independent body that deals with uh, police complaints, and then you could complain to the police directly. Mm-hmm. So I went to the police directly. I sent them an email. I'm like, listen, I'm filing a complaint about this detective. This is what happened. You really got the feeling that you weren't their highest priority right about now. Yeah, exactly. When I filed that complaint, they, they have a list of how they go about their complaints, and the person dealing with it sends me a reply saying, we forwarded your email to detective and they named the detective. And he's away right now, but he's going to give you a call back. That, first off, that goes against everything that they, they outline on their website as far as com- the complaint process. It and shouldn't the go to the guy. Back. Yeah, it should not go to the guy that you're complaining about. It should go, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know. I love their logic there. 
so the guy calls the detective calls me back and he's like we called this number and it's like a i think he said like a trucking company or something i came to verify the phone number and he's like oh we wrote it down wrong you know like we got this number by then she had changed her phone number of course (laughs) (laughs) the frustration was just killing me and he's like uh i've sent her numerous email addresses but you know, she doesn't have, she's not obligated to reply or to contact us. I pride myself on one, I try to be as polite as possible. At the same time, I also know that when I get frustrated to a point, I have a bad temper. Because you're dealing with it, with a detective. I don't want to say anything that's going to put me into trouble, so I'm just going to like, I'm not going to say anything else, and we just ended the call. This detective will call me back a few times every week and he's like yeah i keep sending uh keep sending emails she's not replying to me and at that point you know what i asked him i'm like just please stop the case like i'm done with it and he's like we'll put a hold on it um you could open it up at any time that you want the reason that i i did this is because at that point i'm like these guys aren't taking it seriously i'm 30 this is my last chance at school i want to focus on my school i want to try to forget about this every time he calls you and says he hasn't made any progress it's just reopening that wound exactly i finished the semester i did way better than i thought i would with everything that was going on i doubt my professors are going to listen to this but i gotta give them props like if every teacher was the way that they were like our education system would be so much better like i they were incredible the way that they were with all their students like it kind of restored my my faith in humanity so yeah while all this was going on there were a lot of stabbings going on in toronto at this time like crime was just going through the roof just like right across the street from us there was a guy who went on a on like a stabbing and it wasn't like premeditated but he just a crazy dude who ended up stabbing like three four people at like seven in the morning and it's becoming a hot spot for tourists and for different attractions and this happened when winter break came and i started school back it was in january i had a class ironically it was a criminology class on a friday I was going to class. While I was walking to school, I felt a guy come up and grab me from behind and put a knife up to my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. He, he wanted to rob me. He's like, give me your wallet, this and that. And it was on a residential street. And when that happened, my body just completely shook. Like, my knees were shaking. Like, I was in complete shock. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I got to go through the, this again. You have post-traumatic stress, essentially. All those feelings, all those emotions came right back. I was terrified. I'm like, Jesus, if this guy stabs me and I got to go through what I went through when I got stabbed before, the things that they have you hooked up to, it's it's not comfortable. No. It's far from comfortable. And you're, I, you're not getting up to go to the bathroom, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I gave him my wallet. This guy was... He wasn't too smart because I had my headphones in. My phone's like, what, like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars $1,300. And all he wanted was cash. Like this guy was probably a homeless type of guy who just wanted a quick fix and just some money. So I gave him my wallet. And again, the funny thing is both these guys in these instances, like as small as me, like I could have defended myself. As soon as I gave it to him, he ended up running, and I remember I actually blanked out. Like, I, I didn't collapse or anything like that, but I couldn't see straight. I actually zigzagged. Like, I kept going across the street and coming back and going across the street again. And I called 911, and a cop came. This cop, I can't commend this guy enough, but he, just by looking at me, seeing the fact that I was in shock, he couldn't have been nicer two other cop cars came and one took the description that i gave the cops and they went and they drove around hoping that they would see someone that matched the description yeah one guy was going around the area and he was checking which places might have had cameras that could have caught all this 
and the other cop was making sure that I was fine and seeing like what happened where and I got lucky at this in this case because some there's a lady who saw what happened through through her window she came back and she actually she's like yeah you know like this is what I saw this is what happened this is what he was wearing and unlike when I got stabbed in front of there must have been at least like 50 people there at least someone stepped up it's awesome to hear that you had such a good interaction with these police officers and they were on it and they were doing everything they could for you but it is a little ironic that when you actually were almost murdered the reaction was not there compared to a simple mugging when uh when everything got over with the cops like are you, are you still gonna go to class i'm like dude, like, there's no way I could go to class. And he's like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take you home. Like, I'll drive you home. Don't worry about it. Because he saw, like, I completely broke down. Um, the same street that I got stabbed at, our Toronto Police Headquarters is actually on that street. There's a lot of cops kind of, like, just hanging out in that area. So he dropped me off, and everything this cop did, it's the smallest thing, but it meant so much to me. Like, when I got out... All these cops are kind of looking at me like I kind of did something wrong. And he's like, oh, this poor guy just got robbed. And he's make sure that they don't think I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. First thing I did, wrote a letter explaining the situation and just commending this cop. He he went way beyond what he should have, what he should have done. That's really great to hear. I've come across some very amazing police officers in my time. And I should go back and write. Uh, letters to their superior officers and tell them what a good experience I had because they deserve it. Exactly. Because of the experience that I had, that I, I had with this officer, it made me real. like these, I'm sorry to say this, but before this experience, I, I've never, I've never had a hatred towards police officers. Mm -hmm. even, and even nowadays when they're criticized left and right, and I still to a point, not, not in all situations, but to a point, I still sympathize with them. Like when I see clips on YouTube on guys like refusing to give a cop their ID and just being rude to him, I'm like, you're being like, this guy's doing his job. Like, yeah, just treat like, him like no, a person. <laughs> like, there's no, yeah, like, there's no, I just get upset when I see people treating people who are doing their jobs in a rude way. Like, it's just, it, it's unnecessary. Yeah, I, I like, know a lot of listeners think I'm anti cop or just not very pro-cop or supportive of the police. And I, I know I can come off that way on the podcast when I'm analyzing and criticizing specific cases or incidents, but all in all, that's that only applies to that officer in that instance. And it does not by any means apply to all police officers. And I I hope people understand that. So I'm, I'm happy as hell that you had a really great experience and you wrote a letter of accommodation to this man he truly deserved like i hope that one day that i could that i could repay him somehow because he was great when when this happened i um i went back to her apartment and thankfully my mom had plans that day and she's like do you want me to stay with you and you know just the support or would you rather be alone and I'm like, I'd rather be alone. And I'm not ashamed to say this, but as soon as she left the house, I completely broke down. Like, I I remember just sitting on the couch for, like, an hour straight. The last time I ever cried was when the Giants won the Super Bowl. And that was, like, <laughs> tears of joy. Yeah. And, and I sat there, and I just, I broke down. Like, I, I was crying. I'm like, what, what else is going to, like, happen to me? In the span of a year... In just a few months, I experienced all this. And it was finally at a time when I was trying to get my life back on track. I was doing everything right. And like I said, I'm not like I've never done drugs. I've, I'm not a big drinker. Like I've, But I've made mistakes in my life. And I was finally trying to get it back on track. And then I broke down like that's when I mean I broke down. Like I, I, I ended friendships just because I I. You don't want to deal with it. <laughs> it's too much effort. Like I, 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 I went into a depression. Like it, it, it was. You want to go into a cocoon. <laughs> exactly. I, I was terrified. I would to this day. I'm, I'm scared. When I go outside, 
I take my student card with me and I don't even take my phone with me because I'm just so scared that like something's gonna happen. It completely changed my outlook on life. I used to go out for hour-long walks at like one in the morning because I couldn't fall asleep and it's the only thing that would that would kind of tire me out. It's how I, I would blow off steam and just like relax. Yeah. And now I'm scared to walk to class. Uh, You're not even going to even imagine leaving your house at one in the morning and taking a stroll. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Like that. I'm slowly starting to get better, but it, I became antisocial. I used to be, I, I, I was always the guy who would, um, I seem like that quiet, awkward guy, but I loved interacting with people. I love going out. I completely changed. And I, in my head, I was so naive that I'm like, I couldn't even imagine someone wanting to put a hit out on me or I'm scared of what someone's capable of doing. Like, I never thought that even with everything that you see, like, I just... I, and I still can't understand how someone could want to could want to do this to someone. We don't realize that that exists, and and it's it's actually very prevalent. I, I don't know if you've seen Old Boy or not. Yes, it's one of okay. our favorites. <laughs> I um, haven't seen the American version. I just saw the Asian version. <laughs> yeah, you you don't want to see the American version. And it's <laughs> Good to know. Right before that, the infamous octopus scene. I the guy on the phone said something along the lines of no matter if it's like sand or rock they 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 both float in water the same or something along those lines mm-hmm. i realized that how regardless if words are hold any merit or not they they have the same effect in that in that i hope i don't spoil this movie for any anyone who listens but um in that movie you come to find out that he actually didn't, the whole rumor that started, it wasn't in a malicious way. It was in a very nonchalant way. Mm-hmm. And the effects of it changed the course of his life and the other guy's life. I got it. Like, maybe the things that I said were, had way more effect than I thought that they did. It made me realize that I'm sarcastic and I, I poke fun of myself. Doesn't mean that I could do that to someone else. And that they will find it humorous or that they won't get offended by it. I, I don't think it was just simply your comments to her. I think it was everything that she was thinking and feeling. And she's willing to get another guy to stab you. It, she's not the most stable person. So it, it, anything you say to somebody like that can be turned against you. And it's not your fault, but... Yeah, we we should be nicer to people and each other. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's just wild to hear your story, and I think you'll you'll hear yourself on the podcast, and I, I actually think that'll help you and make you feel better. Thank you, and thank you for your time. I hope you guys are wish you guys all the best. I think that was good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>